Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, Coffee Before Art. It is your boy AB. The coffee has kicked in. Yeah, let's go. Alright, today is the Gillette story, the full story. I know I left it on a cliffhanger. My mate Fanus, who listens to the podcast, told me um, that was a bit lame. So I apologize for leaving the Gillette story hanging for so long. But here we go. So I'm gonna take, let me take you to the start of it, yeah? Um, because I feel like... There's a lot of things that led into like the Gillette content I was creating and it's, it has a lot to do with mindset as well. So let's flick back to like uh, 2014 or 2015 around that time. End of 2014 when I graduated uni, I did a dual degree, Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Education, secondary teaching. So basically it allows me to teach in high schools um, and to teach French and Spanish, which was, which was my two majors. Currently, I don't teach, but when I first graduated from uni, I was like, all right, I got the degree thing done. The parents are happy. It's all good. Now, what do I truly want to do? And I was um, I was thinking, I'm like, man, I've always been into cameras. And I remember one of my really good friends had a camera. And luckily, he was selling it. And I hit him up. Um, and I was like, hey, man, any chance you're selling that little sexy-ass camera I saw you holding on a gig to Sydney one time? He was like, yep, that's the camera I'm selling. I was like, how much? He told me 500 and this was my first camera. So it was a Sony A6000. I couldn't even buy the whole thing straight up. So I was like, I'm going to do installments, bruh. Two payments, 250, 250. And yes, there you go. I had my first camera. It came with a with a kit lens, a 60 millimeter to 55 mil. Um, so basic as this thing doesn't even really do like video. It doesn't at all. So I started with that. I, I started as a landscape photographer. Can you believe that? I used to wake up at five in the goddamn morning drive to some random ass mountain or lake or whatever lookout thingo and i used to just take photos of the freaking mountains or the sunset or the sunrise whatever was happening then so i was that guy like um i went to cow like you know cow poo areas you know like i was in a farm one time and it was just full of cow poo and i didn't realize because it's so dark um couldn't smell a thing because of my asthma my nose was blocked anyway long story short Yes, I was that guy, just going to bloody um, lookouts and taking landscape photos. So, but I realized that, you know what, landscape is cool. Um, I want to move into, you know, taking photos of actual people. So I did a bit of portraits, you know. So after doing portraits, I realized I was like, you know what, smartphones are probably going to come out with some hectic cameras. Therefore, photography as a, as a way or as an opportunity to make money is going to be lot more competitive in the future so i was like i need to do something harder because if it's harder for me most likely harder for people therefore less competition that's the thought that led into me doing um uh, what do you call it well doing videography so i was like all right let me switch to videography and i uh i downloaded premiere um sort of uh, went into a page and you know did the hacko thing and yeah, never mention it anyway so i got premiere um and i started using it so like the crazy thing is when i first opened up premiere i shut it down straight away because i was like this is too much like this program looks hectic but on google it said that this was in the top three or top five um best programs to use um and it's pretty much like the professional standard so i was like damn so I closed the program and I was like, ah, I can't do it. But I knew that like as a challenge, I had to come back to it. So one day or later or whatever it was, I came back and I had some footage to edit and I gave myself a goal. I was like, put the footage through the program and export it. I got that done. 
but anyway so with video the reason why i ended up moving was obviously because photo ended up being too easy um and what ended up happening is that i just really started to enjoy making videos so then i gave myself a three months vlogging challenge to vlog and post every single week on youtube which i did for like four or five months now as i was doing that challenge i would basically find out whether i really liked this thing or i hated it and i remember people telling me um oh you're gonna get over it pretty soon like we all try it and you know it doesn't work or whatever or like we get sick of it which is completely fair but then fast forward two months i'm still carrying a stupid ass big ass tripod with a little camera on top of it vlogging in coffee shops whatever like i vlogged splendor in the grass um so for people that don't know splendor grass one of the one of the dopest australian festivals um and you know a good mate of mine travis ended up getting us tickets through performing so we performed there and so we had tickets and i was able to bring my camera as an artist or performer so i vlogged like two of those you know like schoolboy q i saw kendrick um i had my camera on me so the vlogging thing was full blown it was going um and the favorite part of people's um like thing about the vlog was actually the coffee section where i just reviewed coffee now i know almost next to nothing about coffee but i would just randomly pretend that i knew where the beans were grown and what sort of you know textures they had anyway so that was the vlog now after two months or so i got really comfortable with editing like it wasn't like a oh what am i how, how do i do this how do i do that it was just a matter of Boom, I know exactly what I want to do. And if I didn't know anything, I'd just look up a tutorial and I'd be able to get that skill done in a matter of minutes or however long that tutorial was to teach me. So um, the point of that is that I really got comfortable with editing and I got pretty quick as well without realizing this because at that time there was literally no one around me that was um, doing video um, and, and let alone use the same program that I was using. So there wasn't really anyone around to compare um, my my skills or whatever or how fast I was but I knew of another videographer that I met during a dance um, dance performance dance show thing that he ended up shooting and he we were talking about cameras and stuff like that and so I got his Instagram and I started following him his name is Guillaume okay um, he's still a really good friend of mine and yeah so basically I was like okay cool like this guy seems to know what he's doing so I was like let me set my standard in a way with um with the talent that's around me in Brisbane and see how I'm faring. So I looked at his work and I was like, okay, cool. I like what he does. I like that. I like that. So I started just sort of upgrading, upgrading, <laughs> upgrading the videos that I was making into what I was seeing other people that were, you know, doing it for work looked like. So I started getting into color grading. I started really getting into the cinematics of it. Um, like I found heaps of YouTube channels which is talking about breaking down what shots meant you know what what why shots create certain moods if you want to put your certain moods what shots you should be thinking about doing so i just binge a whole lot of that and then i started moving into the more promotional video making where you know um the goal was to sell something or to um promote something um so then that led me down that promotional way and pretty much you know it as I started enjoying that as well. You know, so shooting a couple of venues, you know, when I'd go out to like get coffee, I shoot the cafe, make it into a little moody ass clip. So I made those for a while. And I remember making the Melbourne one um, that I did. And that was like, that was pretty cool. I watch it back. I'm like, God damn, I made that. Um, so it was kind of surprising um, within that jump from just doing regular YouTube vlogs to like actually wanting to put more cinematics behind it and that has led to you know a video from melbourne that uh, ended up probably probably being one of my one of my coolest ones that i like um but from there people will start to notice that okay 
So this guy's doing this video thing. Um, let's start, you know, getting him to do stuff. So people hit me up. Oh, can you shoot this? Can you shoot that? Can you shoot that? I'm like, yeah, cool. Don't worry. Gillette comes in like pretty soon. I promise. Um, but anyway, so I started doing work for people, and then people started going, "This is really cool. Like, um, like we like it. Yada yada." Now the thing that was in the background of all of this going on was whether or not I should get a um a teaching a teaching job at a school or should I just stay you know kind of like teaching dance and just freelancing and then so I had to make a decision because all the people that I graduated with were getting um teaching jobs and so then I was like damn I remember seeing my room I'm like so all right so if I go to teaching obviously it's cool I you know teach French or whatever get a contract but this film thing I really want to pursue it and see how it how it goes um and then that kind of where I started getting into a lot of mindset stuff and I read the one um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking about. Um, and he was like, leave no rock unturned. So that pretty much really stuck in my head at that point. So I was like, you know what? I am going to do this film thing and I'm going to try to fail as fast as possible. And guess what? You know, it's I'm still trying to fail. So I'm constantly trying to put myself into environments or shooting stuff that I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, 80% of there, but I'm going to push myself to do it. So that's where the mindset came in. So I decided not to really, you know, go with the whole uni thing and get a job as a teacher. Um, instead, I wanted to experiment with um, with film. But the goal was to fail as fast as possible. It meant that I had to go at like 100. So I had to try and shoot for people and really find out whether or not I had, you know, the skills to really get paid for this stuff. And luckily, through a friend, I got hit up to film a, a fitness workout uh, for a gym called PLC. Um, love PLC. I still work for them right now. Um, and then, so I rocked up to shoot this thing. Literally confirmed it on the day. The homie, Angelo, hit me up and he was like, it's Alona Jane. So I rocked up, you know, I had a gimbal that I bought like two days before. So I'm sketchy with it, but I know how to use it. So I shot this thing. And that was literally the moment where everything clicked as, a, as like a, in filmmaking in a way. Like I was finally put under enough pressure um, to deliver something that the client had to go, this is cool, we'd like to post this and we'd like to use this. That clicked me into another gear and it forced me to use every single thing I knew about vlogging, um, creativity, cinematics. Every single thing was just like boom in the front of my head. And I was like, I've got to get this shot. I've got to get that shot. I've got to get that shot. This is not for me. So those decisions matter. So anyway, I shot the thing. Boom. Edited it that night because I was used to vlogging. So, you know, I, I could edit videos in a matter of a couple of hours or whatever it was. Um, so I edited that video, sent it back to the client within that night. And they were like, God damn, that was quick. No one is doing or not no one, but they weren't anyone around them that was turning videos around that fast. Um, some of the companies they worked with took them three weeks and they were like, what, how did you do this? So they actually didn't believe that I could do it. So they got me again to shoot another thing and to do another turnaround as fast as that. I was like, done. So I did it and scored an interview with the owner of PLC Scott and he gave me the position of film editor. And I was like, bam, what the hell? How did I get here? So my plan has obviously somewhat succeeded that, yeah, I'm doing well in video. So fast forward all of that into Gillette, I'm working in video and I'm constantly with the mindset that I need to push and fail very quickly. Now, I'm not planning to fail, like as in not do well, but I'm constantly putting myself in positions where that is very possible. So it's out of my comfort zone. So every single video 
um, job that came in, I had to do something new. I had to try something new with the program. I had to learn something new. It was constant that I had to do and learn something new. I watched two tutorials every morning, every single day, minimum. So some days I'd be up to 10, 20 tutorials on film or anything related, uh, but two was the minimum. With all of that going in two years, obviously started working with you know a couple of venues, you know done famous, a couple of other, a couple of other you know nightclubs, um, just some random jobs that were coming through, dance jobs, um, and certain certain videos that I was doing myself, and then landed an app called Vamp. Now they were on Instagram having a look, I guess, in people that were around um, the Brisbane, Australia sort of you know area that were. Um, that were doing content and that obviously I fit the description. So I put, you know, film videographer or whatever photographer on my bio. So they saw that and they saw my content and they obviously liked it. So they hit me up, they're like, hey, we got this new app. Um, jobs are pretty much going to come there and we just need people, influencers at first to kind of create content and post. I was like, cool. So I signed up to the app. Three months gone by, ain't nothing really happening with the app. Like I'm seeing jobs come through, but I'm not really putting focus into it. So I was like, you know what? Let me, let me, let me just start applying in this app um, because I thought, why not? Another way to get jobs coming through wouldn't be a bad idea. So I started going for jobs and the first one I got was NRL. It was literally like, I don't even know much about NRL. So if you like NRL, good work. Um, but I knew nothing about it, but it was the first job on there. So I got the tickets um, and I just did some photos of the tickets and a photo of me, you know, um, at some waterfall excited about you know the game that i'm going to be watching tonight that went well now the second job that i got was from vamp and it was the gillette one okay so vamp pretty much sort of led me into gillette's hand this brief was actually the brief was just photos but because i had been working towards really just doing video and showing that i wanted to challenge myself wanted to push um they were like hey you seem to know more about video, so you're not just an influencer, you kind of know how to create certain types of content. Would you be interested to do a stop motion um, sort of content for Gillette? They got a new product out. I was like, yep, let's do it. So I was like, yep, I can do a stop, stop motion and I sent the application in. Now, I was thinking it wasn't gonna get approved. If you have done stop motion type videos, you know it is very difficult. So I was kind of like, let me just go for it again challenging myself and pushing out of the comfort zone i knew that it would be a tricky thing to do but that did not deter me so i put in an application anyway and then bang they approved it so i'm like god damn i gotta do stop motion so they send me the product i receive it and then i remember a little effect way back that i used that could remove frames out of a certain clip so most of the, the, your normal video will be 24 frames, right? Now, this technique or this little um, effect could remove frames out of those. Now, 24 frames per second looks like video because your eye cannot keep up with the amount of frames, so it just makes it look fluid, right? When you downgrade from 24, it starts to look choppy, so your eye can actually register each single frame um, comfortably so you can see the jump from one to another. So remember, when it gets to 24, it looks completely like video. When it drops down to about 18, 19, and 20 area, it starts to look choppy. So I was like, okay, hypothetically, if a stop motion is made out of just images, can I film this little um, Gillette thing, 
can I film it as per video? Just It's just a video, all right? What this meant was it was easier to shoot. Like, I didn't have to take photos for the scenes. It just was, yeah, press record, I'd move and do whatever. It was going to be easy to edit. It was going to be high quality. So I wanted to do a video. That was the best way to go about it and save time. So I was like, hypothetically, can this little effect remove enough frames from the video for it to look like stop motion? And then I was like, I believe it can. I genuinely thought it can because I used it before and it looked choppy. And that's what stop motion is. It's just videos that are, you know, less frames than usual. So anyway, the guy that um, I, uh, I filmed the videos at his house, Patrick, he pretty much since I moved to Brisbane, I've known him. So I danced at a couple of his nightclubs, just doing atmosphere stuff. You know, I then now currently take do some of his content. So we have a bit of an agreement where he's happy for me to just pretty much and come use his house for any content that I want to make. Um, he'll make it available to me. Now, if you've seen the videos, this is an epic house, three-story banger, okay? It is a dope house. So, and I was like, hey man, you know what? I was like, ah. I hit him up, I'm like, yo, I got Gillette and they just want me to film this video thing and um, can I do it in your bathroom pretty much? And he was like, yeah, cool man, come through. So I came through, he helped me film that video and then I edited it and then the D-Day came through. I put that effect on there and then boom, it worked. So I went to 10 frames at first, it looked choppy and I was like, cool. So I went down eight, looked choppy and I was like, cool. And I went down four and it really looked like stop motion. But the way it was shot, you couldn't tell. It's just like, it looked like a ridiculously good stop motion. Um, but it's not, it's a video that's been had, that's had that effect put into it. I should probably name the effect. The effect is called posturized time posturized time and it's in premiere pro that effect allows you to pretty much tell the video to be a certain amount of frames so i told it to be four eight and ten exported it and i had it on my phone and then i looked back and i was watching and i was like okay which one really looks like a stop motion at the moment and then being the four frame the eight looked all right the ten was definitely like oh this is uh, this i don't think this is but the four definitely four to six definitely look like stop motion all right pause i need a sip of the coffee absolutely delicious now we're back so so yeah, so the four frame worked and i was like there is no way anyone can tell this was shot as a video and then had the effect done to it um so i submitted it and then they were like damn we like it can you do another one i was like okay sure and in this other one the brief well there was no brief they were just like we got this other product wondering if you could do a video about it uh, and the blades and all that so i was like cool send them over they sent it and then i was like is this the moment where I have to actually try and think outside the box and I have to do like these crazy ideas that I always get? And for Gillette, I had this idea of me, pretty much the storyboard was done before I shot it. So it was gonna be me facing like away from camera and I'd already have the, the shaving cream thing that you put on, on me. And I would turn around and then the doorbell would ring and then the package would appear and I have to maneuver myself around the house in a parkour sort of style. Um, now, although I can do tricks and all that, I'm not really hardcore parkour. So that's why when you watch the video, it has like the words coming up extreme. You know, I'm just kind of emulating what a, a parkour dude would do, but I do have some of the skills, yeah? Anyway, so I shoot that video and I'm basically in my towel. I'm running around. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. 
and I find this funky ass 80s music and I throw it on there and I'm at home editing and I'm laughing. I'm like, this is funny. Um, there is no brief for this job. So I'm actually just gonna make what I think is effective and would be cool. That still showcases the product. And that ended up being the first video that I, the second video that I made for Gillette. The first one was just stop motion, but the first of the style that they really liked. Um, so I sent it back and I'm like, oh, I don't know what they're gonna be thinking. I'm in my towel running around, yada, yada. Anyway, I get an email back and they're like, holy crap, we love this, yada, yada. Like, we'd love for you to make another one. So I make another one and I reverse engineer the first video with what worked and I reverse engineer. This wasn't hard because every single thing I did in that video was kind of purposeful. And this came from the cinematic sort of focus I've pretty much been on for the last three years, watching countless of videos and really trying to like understand how to tell stories. Um, and so then I reapplied all those things and I was like, all right, re re reverse engineer this video. What are some of the things that worked? All right, that told that story that made people feel this way, that made people that way. And the sequence that it was done made it blah, 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 blah. So reverse engineer it and I reapplied it to the third video um, or the second of the style that, you know, the funny style. Um, so I reapplied it and then I made another video and they're like, damn, we like this one as well. Hey, you know what, can you do another one? We got this other thing that we're trying to do. And I was like, cool. Whilst I'm waiting on them to get back me on their new product they're gonna have happen, YouFoods hit me up and they're like, hey, you know, um, can you, do you wanna do a video of um, our new spring menu? Now, YouFood came through another um, creative agency that saw the video that I made for Gillette. Now, when I realized the creative agencies um, pretty much try to provide the best content possible to their, to their clients, um, I, I realized, all right, cool, this is like kind of how it worked. Basically, my content looked completely different to anyone else that submitted content in regards to those brands. So, for example, when they put out a call out for Gillette to make content, then I, don't, I just don't get it. I'm not the only one that does it. They send it out to a whole bunch of different people and they all do different content pieces and they send it back to a creative agency. And then the creative agency has a look and they go, you know, they, they pick the ones that they like to use, yada, yada. Influencers post their stuff and then some of them, the brand might select as like being a standout piece of content. I did that three times in a row. Um, so all the views that I sent completely stood out from everyone else's like content that they made. Um, so they were like, we need to keep working with this guy. So they sent, anyway, I do you foods and I send it back to, to you know, that creative engine and they love it, you food prop. And then Gillette came back for the third time and or the third time, yeah. And then we're like, hey, we got this other product. Um, can you please do another view? So I do another one. Now, Oral B was, kind of like the one that came after that. Oral-B and Gillette are related, okay? So the people that work with Gillette also do Oral-B and they also do a bunch of other brands. So once that creative agency saw some of my work and what I was capable of doing, they pretty much was like, cool, we're gonna have this guy on our list as not only influencer, but also creator. So whenever they have product, they go, all right, cool, could AB do something to this? So they go, hey, we've got a product coming up, Soon, would you like to do something for it? And guess what? As I'm recording this video right now, they've been in my email and there's another product coming that I'll be doing content for, inshallah. So anyway, um, so that's what prompted this whole story. So um, Gillette basically was like, we'd love to keep working with you. Um, there's a certain partnership that we want to make with you. Are you interested? Yada, yada. I was like, totally. Now, before that, one of the second pieces of content that I made for Gillette was selected by Vamp 
to go on like a 12 month digital sort of like um, campaign. So we'd go on websites, go on like, I don't know, phones, whatever. They were gonna use the content to advertise for that thing. Now, they offered me a price of $150 and I was like, hell nah, that is too low. Now, you may think, how do you know that's too low, AB? Where'd you get that answer? I hit up all the other agencies that I did work with. I was like, how much would you sort of be looking at for this sort of service, you know? So it's right to it for 12 months. They were like, honestly, a grand is probably cheap. Like, it's super cheap, 1500 Yeah, you could see that, but, you know, they've seen numbers up to 3000 4000 whatever. So I was like, cool. After getting some advice, I was like, let's go, 1500 Hey, guys. So I hit up Vamp back. So they, they wanted to get the buy it off me. I was like, hey, um, as it turns out, you know, 150 is just a bit too low. I didn't say that, but, you know, I put it really academically, yada, yada. I would, you know, much prefer 1500 They were like, uh, as it turns out, we, uh, so they replied and they go, as it turns out, we actually own the content. And I was like, well, still, I don't give you um, permission to use it on your thingo. Um, basically, we had a bit of a eh-eh moment where I was not ready to give up the digital rights because they weren't paying enough for it. And they felt like, well, they kind of own the content. And I was like, well, hold on a minute there. You guys don't actually state that, you know, the content can go on to 12 months, um, like advertisement or whatever. Pretty much the agreement was that, yeah, I make the content, I post it, I leave it on my page for three months or whatever. That's it, you know. Um, but I feel like this new agreement you're coming up with and offering to pay me $150 for the content for 12 months to post wherever you want is a bit low um, compared to that. And I sh- it should be treated as a new agreement. Basically, I was telling them, hey, that other content was a thing. Now I want a new deal if you want to buy the digital rights. Um, and they were like, well, on our terms and conditions, it says, yada, yada, the content is ours. I'm like, but it doesn't specifically said that the content, if selected by the client, goes on to 12 months. And I don't see how you can price it internally because it'd be a new agreement. Anyway, fast forward a couple of months, they don't reply to the email where I kind of, I kind of, you know, I just I shared my point of view. You know, I shared my point of view to them. They didn't reply to it. Two months later, they changed the terms and conditions, and then they now have on the briefs and on all of it, twelve months membership. Um, like the not twelve month membership, but the content goes on to a twelve months um usage over the period of time for advertisement and all of that. So that was with them. So um, I feel like they were, you know, kind of on the journey of learning how to deal with all this stuff because it's still pretty new and they've pretty much smashed it. So Vamp is like doing really well. I think a UK company and they're smashing it. So they work with all sorts of like brands at the moment. They've won heaps of awards um, and they've worked with some of the craziest creators on Instagram and more. So they are not like a small company at the moment. They are doing extremely well. And as like I said, they got some dope customers. So I'm still working with them um, at the moment. So basically that is the gillette wrap up now the reason why i couldn't really you know go into super super details a while back was because i didn't know what was going on with the whole um digital rights thing but it ended up working out for the best um but anyway there you go that's the full gillette story um i hope you enjoyed that uh i just rambled on it's been 30 minutes anyway um but yeah let me just summarize it so from the start I had to make a decision whether or not I just wanted to go teaching or not. I decided that wasn't the case. So whatever I had to do, I had to go hard at. So I went hard at photo first and I went hard at video. After that, I was like, you know what? I, I liked it. So I kept going, secured some jobs, some small jobs, then a position as an editor. And that improved me. And I really knuckled in on wanting to make this a thing. After that, Gillette came through and basically from all the 
all the years prior that I'd just been making content, I decided that this was the one that I'd take a chance and make something unique. And I did, and it worked. And up to now, I'm working with Gillette. Got a bit of, I'm working with Gillette, but I'm in a partnership with the digital agency that gets me all these different brands to create for. Anyway, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this. Now, I'm going to be doing this podcast once a week. There you have it. You heard it. So if you got any topics that you want me to go through or whatever, or if there was just too much fast talking in this one and you want me to go into more details about any of the other stuff, just let me know. Let me know, people. Let me know. Just send me, hey, man, we're going to talk about this. All right, cool. Um, thank you very, very much for tuning in. I'll see you, you know, in a week. I mean, I will hear you. You will hear me in a week. All right. Uh, enjoy your coffee. Peace.